Welcome back to the Encounter Radio Show with Bill Reeser on 99.1 FM Life Changing Radio WJMM. So grateful that you tune in each and every day at 11.15 a.m. So grateful for your support of this radio station and program, Encounter. For more information about how you can support the ministry of Encounter, uh, please go to thehopeencounter.org or just email me at bill at thehopeencounter.org. A couple of things I want to share with you this morning is that the Encounter Bible Studies orientation is this week. It starts uh, tomorrow, actually, at Church of the Savior at 6.30. If you just show up, you can uh, come to an orientation meeting from 6.30 to 8.30, uh, and we're going to talk about what it means to do the Encounter Bible Study. Uh, if you want to get plugged into that Bible study, uh, please just show up at Church of the Savior tomorrow night uh, and just uh, just look for me. I'll be there. We're going to meet in what's called the multi-purpose rooms. I want, I want to get you plugged into this 12-lesson study. It takes about 14 weeks. It'll take you through the summer. Uh, we've been working through these Anchors of Hope Bible study uh, for the past several weeks. As a matter of fact, we've been teaching on the first seven anchors. And today we're going to touch a little bit on Anchor 8. I'm going to talk about choose the freedom of forgiveness to experience the healing peace of God. So I've always said that if there's ever one selfish thing that a, that a Christian should ever do, and that should always be close your accounts with other people by forgiving them. And you don't do it for them, you do it for yourself because you've been forgiven of so much. And healing is riding in the balance. Peace, the peace of God is riding in the balance. The blessing of God is riding in the balance. So as we embark on this lesson, Anchor 8, Choose the Freedom of Forgiveness to Experience the Healing Peace of God, I want you to consider what accounts you have that are open right now that you need to close because God has closed your account with him. He's forgiven every single one of your sins. That's why the Apostle Paul said in Colossians 3, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Let me remind you that that's not a suggestion, that's a command. And above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace. And always be thankful. Colossians 3, 13 through 15. Now, we are called to not only live in peace, but we're called to be peacemakers as well. Not troublemakers, but peacemakers. See, the more you get to know God, the more you realize that his ways are starkly countercultural. So already in the first three minutes of this radio show today, I'm talking about something so countercultural. See, his ways are higher than our ways. And if there's one area that highlights that, it would be the area of forgiveness. And when we place our trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior, he forgives us of our sins. And Jesus instructs all his followers to likewise forgive those who have sinned against them. We tend to be okay with being forgiven, 
But forgiving others is a bit more difficult to embrace. I've heard it said that forgiveness is a great idea until we have to do it. In the previous Anchor Lessons, we discovered that God shows us incredible forgiveness. We learned that in view of God's mercy, our lives should reflect our gratitude toward Him for all He has done for us. No matter what depraved sins we have committed, Jesus came to save us and forgive us, and He doesn't keep a record of our sins. So in the Encounter Bible Study, we've put scriptures in there for you to read, for you to meditate and journal as well, remember, before each lesson in the Encounter Bible Study, uh, there's three prayers that we want you to, to pray and then wait on God. And whatever God, whatever God tells you or speaks, speaks to your heart about, we want you to journal it. And the first prayer is, Lord, what are you saying in your word? And you just wait on God. Lord, what are you saying to me? It's different. It's personal. Now you're asking what God is saying to you personally. And the third one is, how do you want... How do you want me to apply this to my life? How do you want me to live this out? Not just what you're speaking to me, but how do you want me to live this out? And I don't know if there's a more clear lesson where God wants to speak to you specifically like Anchor 8. Because if you pray that prayer within all these scriptures and the questions at the end of any open accounts that you may have, the Holy Spirit will reveal names that will come to your mind. And if the Holy Spirit reveals those names, that means God wants you to close that account so that you can experience the healing peace of God. So here's the first scripture, John 3, 16, 17, very familiar scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Psalm 103, praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins, not some of your sins, all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. What an incredible promise that God does for us. Heals us, forgives us, satisfies our desires with good things to restore our strength and energy. It says this, the psalmist goes on in Psalm 103, the Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He made known his way to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel, the Lord is compassionate and gracious. Here it is. Slow to anger. Abounding in love. He will not always accuse. Nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. And guess what? God doesn't want, God wants us to treat others like that. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions, our sins from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, 
and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord, the Lord's love is with those who fear him, and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey his precepts. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. Let me just stop there. Does that describe you? One who does his bidding, one who obeys him, one who's obedient to his call to not just be a grace recipient, but be a grace dispenser, closing your accounts, choosing the freedom of forgiveness and moving out of the bondage of bitterness. I mean, all throughout scripture, we see commands like this for us to close our accounts. And we also see incredible promises of God's love and grace towards us of how he loved us when we didn't want anything to do with him. Just like it says in Romans 5, 6 through 11, which says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, in other words, when we were powerless, when we didn't want anything to do with God, when we had our backs turned on God, when we hated God, when we, didn't believe, when we lived like he didn't even exist, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Notice it says, not through our works, but through his life. Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now received reconciliation. Colossians 3, again, anchor eight's key verse. Let me say it again. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Jesus put it this way in Matthew 6, this is then how you should pray. When he gave us the Lord's Prayer, which really should be called the Apostles' Prayer, because he was giving us a model of, of how to pray, not what to pray. He said this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. You see, with this instruction on how to pray, Jesus teaches us that our lives should reflect the same kind of forgiveness we have received from him. The focus of this anchor 
is not on how to pray. Anchors 10 and 11 are going to focus on that. But if we want to have peace with God, we must heed the key statements in the Lord's Prayer that show us how to live. Jesus wants us to be sincere and humble. He wants us to be real and authentic. He desires for our hearts to be right with others and with him. And to fully understand this, let's dig deeper into what Jesus went on to say about forgiveness. In verse 14 and 15, he says, For if you, give, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Wow. Now listen, I'm not going to wait till I get to heaven to find out what that scripture really means. Because I know in order for me to inherit heaven and the kingdom of God, I've got to be forgiven of all my sins. And here's one question that's never going to take place in heaven. The question posed to me is, by God, is, Bill, why didn't you forgive others when I've forgiven you of so much? See, Jesus said that we should ask God to forgive us in the same way that we've forgiven others. Think about it. It means you can't go halfway in forgiveness. God doesn't forgive you halfway, does it? So listen, as we close out today's Encounter uh, radio show, how are you doing with this issue of forgiveness? Have you been forgiven? Because forgiveness starts by you receiving forgiveness first and then extending that to others. And when you realize how much you've been forgiven, you'll have the supernatural ability to forgive others and experience the grace and the peace of God. We're going to work through that all week through Anchor 8 on the Encounter Bible Study. I hope you'll stay with us. I hope you'll tune in tomorrow to the Encounter Radio Show with Bill Reeser. Uh, I can't wait to see you. Can't wait to, to see you on the radio. God bless you.